Hey, Kaylin, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing well, I'm doing well. And uh, have you guys started training yet? Uh, not as a team, no, just individual. Uh, well, we have uh, only a short time, because I know you, got to, uh, you guys have meetings and all that, so I kind of want to get to uh, just some of the questions that I have lined up for you, and then we'll take some Q&A later on if we have some time. But I uh, just wanted to have you on, because obviously you're one of the top goalkeepers in the world, uh, in my opinion, and in a lot of people's opinion. No, for real. And I think, uh, I mean, just watching your highlights and um, seeing you over the years, your your all around game is is pretty pretty amazing. And I think you're very athletic first and foremost, which I think allows you to to come out for those crosses like you do, take them at the highest point. Your distribution is on another level, by the way. I wish there were more highlights of those because I know I only saw a few of them, but I know it's at, it's at a different level. And then um, obviously. One one skill that you have that I don't think a lot of people know is that you're a, you're a penalty kick saver. Like you're it's big time. It's like Nicky Romando style. <laughs> I appreciate that compliment. <laughs> yeah, I know you had a, a PK save from Marta uh, not too long ago. Yeah, that was a good one. That one definitely is on my my personal highlights. One thing that I'm pretty proud of. You know, you, you not everybody gets to say they went up against Marta and, and succeeded. It was like the 90th minute too, right? Like it was a pretty high stakes. That was it. That was do or die moment. It's <laughs> crazy. Yeah, I think, again, it's it's one of those things where anybody can be a PK saver, anybody can be a, a shot stopper. But in those big moments, obviously, that's where the, the stars shine. But, um, okay, I just kind of want to get into your, you and your career. So, you know, you grew up in Canada. Where in Canada did you grow up and, and how was the football there? Yeah, I grew up um, just outside of Toronto. And uh, I kind of moved around from club to club, I think. In Canada, it's an ever-changing system, and I think it's very different from maybe what the U.S. has as, like, a platform system. But I think what, what they're onto right now is, is way better than maybe what we went through growing up in my age group. But it was just club, and then I was lucky enough to be into an academy program, which I think I really developed and became a better goalkeeper and better player all around before, you know, getting into college soccer and coming into the U.S. and really taking off from there. For sure, and... What were some of like, uh, I know a lot of us as young kids, we have certain habits uh, that we have to kind of iron out before, you know, we, we were taken seriously at that next level. So do you remember growing up any habits that you may have had or something that a coach may have reached, you know, reached out to you and said, hey, Caitlin, this is something that you need to work on to uh, get you to that next level? Yeah, I think, like I mentioned in the academy system, it was huge for us to be able to be really good with our feet. And we played a lot of futsal and we played a lot of just, we were able to play out and play with the players a lot. And I think that was kind of ingrained into me at a young age that I had to be really just as good as the players with my feet. And um, I think that's like one of the biggest difference makers in, in the game nowadays, especially. I don't think it was as huge back then or even now, I think it's growing more than it ever has. And I think that's one of the, the biggest steps for me was being able to use my feet and that distribution that we talked about. That was probably the biggest thing where they wanted me to work on that. And obviously diving and, you know, all the goalkeeper attributes is important. But I think that's kind of what set people apart. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, again, that's one of those ones where you're almost ahead of the curve. And I think a lot of a lot of those coaches who I mean, I had a Hispanic background and we were always playing those rondos. We were always involved and our coach wanted us to be good with our feet. Definitely. Like we didn't play as often as we wanted to or as I wanted to. I, I always wanted to be involved and I always wanted to show for the ball and get the ball from a throw in and be the person to set up the attack. But it didn't always happen. But once you step into those environments, it's almost, you know, you, th you thank God that you were able to be exposed to that kind of uh, uh, experience at a young age. Exactly. I mean, you have so much fun playing out. And I think it's like a huge difference maker. I think, I mean, most goalkeepers should. Like, you should be playing with the field players as long as you can. And even now, like, we love jumping in the rondos with the team and, like, doing as much of the outfield player stuff as we can. For sure. And um, so, you know, growing up, did you have, a, you know, influence from a goalkeeper coach that, 
you know till this day it has really stuck with you like from a young age anybody who gave you some advice or i know your academy system there but anybody that, that gave you you know that that vote of confidence that you may have not had um yeah i definitely think when i was younger i worked with i actually saw him on here maladin was one of my coaches in the academy system but i had another coach luca who really i think pushed me and i worked with a lot of boys there wasn't many goalkeepers who were girls who were like doing the extra training doing the academy system so I, I was just in with the boys with those two, and I think they really pushed me to be at a different level so that they didn't treat me like a girl or, or any kind of less. They were like, you're going to be with the boys. You're going to train as hard as the boys, and, you know, you're going you're gonna to develop at the same rate as them, and if not, we're going to get on you for it. I mean, I think that's one of the biggest difference makers is just how hard they push me in different aspects of the game, like I said, with my feet. But they also, you know, put that, ingrained that, you know, powerful mentality into me and really being a real big presence. And. I think that was one of the hardest things growing up for girls was to be a really big presence. Like you didn't want to be, you know, a B. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's, that's a hard part for, can't, I don't know if I can say that on here, but it's a hard <laughs> thing for girls um, is to get past that. And I think that's one of the biggest learning curves. And I think I was able to learn that pretty quick that that's not what you're going to be. You're just going to be commanding and, you know, dominant. And that's kind of what you need to be to be a goalkeeper. And I think that's huge. Yeah, I think uh, I've had some, some guests on here and they talk about like alter egos at some points, right? Like you kind of have to uh, step into those environments and kind of go, you know what? Like, I don't really care what people think of me. I'm just going to do me. And I can always I can always just blame it on that's Kaylin when I'm playing. You know, I'm sorry. That's just how I am when I play. But that's cool. I think I, I've even seen you in games. Like I definitely see obviously after a big save or you communicating with your defense, you definitely have that presence of you uh, about you and you definitely have the respect of your teammates. And I think a lot of times, it comes from your play, but also to your personality. And I think, again, it seems like your experiences from a young age kind of molded you to, to this point. And you get to, obviously, the point where you're in the academy system, you're training with a lot of the, the, the boys, and you're kind of having to almost command you know, every training session so that you're respected in, in a way. And you get into, you get into a, a situation where now you're almost, you know, you're being considered by the youth Canadian national teams. Can you take me through what was that like first call like when you got into uh, to a camp? Yeah, it was um, it was definitely kind of a whirlwind experience for me because I was in the academy system. You know, we didn't I didn't really go through the same trajectory as the other girls who were in the we call it provincial into national. So kind of like the ODP system feeding. So I didn't really know how that all worked. And I had just come out of the academy system and I was playing my first tournament for a team in Toronto at the time called Toronto Lynx. And uh, one of the national team coaches was at the tournament and watching my game. And I had no idea. And one of the head coaches of another club who I just happened to know walked me over and was like, I got to introduce you to this guy. Like, he's been talking about you. Wow. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, whatever. And I was like, hi, my name's Kayla. And he was like, do you know who I am? And I was like, no, <laughs> no idea. And uh, so that's how I kind of got introduced to the national team program. They're like, we want you to come in and kind of try out for our provincial program. And that was a really big step for me. Uh, I had never really gone into like a training camp situation and so we were going away for a week just to training camp and that was kind of my trial that was like me getting into that program and once I I kind of did well at the program even though if you ask my dad he'll say I completely awful I never <laughs> did well like I cried every night I was like I'm terrible these girls are amazing I'm the worst um, and then I ended up making the team so I mean sometimes you just you have the worst perspective of yourself but I think that kind of pushes you to be better so that was kind of how I got into the program. And then I, I was able to really train and work my way up into the into the national team and, and go through there. Is that how you are till this day, though? Are you very hard on yourself? No. Ten percent. I'm the, the biggest critic of myself. Do you feel like I think for uh, young young goalkeepers out there? I mean, how important is it for you to be a self-critic? 
I think it's important. I think maybe sometimes I'm a little too hard on myself. I think it's important to not be like the worst critic, let other people deal with it. But I think being really self-aware is important because at the end of the day, you're the one person in your position. And if you're the one playing, you're the only one on the field, regardless if there's a coach, you know, on the sideline, other goalkeepers on the sideline, like that's great perspective, but you also have to be able to kind of self-evaluate what you're doing. And that's the best way to really learn is to know kind of what you're doing, what went wrong, what can I do to fix it? Because like, it's you, you're the one, it's your body, you're making the decisions. So I think that's, it's huge to be able to self-evaluate, but not, I don't want to promote being really hard on yourself <laughs> because I can also, I know that it can be detrimental as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, from those self-evaluations, I mean, coming out of that camp, what were some of the things that maybe you learned from the goalkeeper coach and other goalkeepers in the group? Yeah, I think one of the most important things was just making that jump into just a quicker game. And um, I think each level that you jump into is, completely different speed of the game and that's how that's how you improve and that's how you get better so I think for me what I learned coming out of that camp and just going into a quicker speed of game was how to move my feet quicker and how to not just rely on power that I had built up and being able to dive and be like making these great saves but being now I have to really learn how to move my feet and use my feet and demand people I don't know mm. I had never met this back line and I have to demand something of them that you know, maybe I'm not comfortable with, but that was a really big learning curve. And I think that's kind of where it, I made a shift. That's where kind yeah. of I got comfortable working with new people and being able to really understand what they needed from me and, and just use my feet a lot better, more efficiently. Yeah, I think that's, that's right. That's, it's so true, though, because I talked about it early on about your athleticism. And I think you have obviously, you know, your gym workouts, you do all that stuff, but transitioning that and translating the physique and the athleticism into actual technique and the, the tactical approach of a game is is a completely different thing so it sounds like once you stepped into that that transitional moment of you're stepping in with you know more advanced players and players who are going to be uh, uh obviously their expectations from the coaches and the players are going to be a lot higher you almost had to fine-tune all those little attributes that you already brought to the game yeah for sure definitely <laughs> so at what point at what point from there uh Kaylin, did you did you feel like okay, you know what, there may actually be a chance that I'm probably going to go to this Youth World Cup. Um, I honestly think it wasn't until I got selected for the team. I was just had that, you know, really hard mentality on myself where I was just like, you know, these girls are so good alongside me. And I had the opportunity to play in a lot of games. And, you know, I was getting more time and I probably should have been a little bit more present and not, <laughs> you know, thinking, oh, what's going to happen tomorrow? I need to be better tomorrow and just really work on today a little bit more. But I think not until I really got selected for the team was I confident that I was going and I was going to be playing yeah no it's tough though I, I mean I think a lot of times you see people like we even watched with a uh, you know Kobe Bryant and even Michael Jordan at times right like they were so caught up in the moment that it's very difficult to to understand you know hey I need to enjoy this moment I need to enjoy this uh this this experience because you're you're just trying to go from game to game and training to training without really being yeah so it's awesome though that you actually do make the team and it's in, you know, it's, it's 2012 uh, FIFA Under-17 World Cup in Azerbaijan, which is like, which in itself is an experience. So, so you, have you, know, on, you have to pull up Google and be like, where the hell am I going? <laughs> well, what's crazy though, Kaylin, is that, I mean, myself included, and I know a lot of other people, we never really had that experience of that phone call, right? Like I got a, I got a letter in the mail about, you know, going to ODP. I got a phone call from Davis where my, my, my head coach called me and said, Hey, we want you to come. So that was like the biggest thrill that I had. So can you take me through just kind of like the day? Do you remember specifically where you were when you got the call from the head coach and what was that like? Oh gosh. Um, I honestly think it was an email. Oh, <laughs> you're, you're just like all of us. <laughs> like it was just, I think that's how it worked 
we got calls if it was like last minute and we I think it was more just like informatory calls but like I think it was emails we used to get like you've been selected respond yes if you're able to go and I was like why is it always respond yes if you're able to go like who's responding no you got an like, evi just there saying no sorry can't make it that's a hard date for me Jalen, you have an open invitation. Uh, please RSVP ASAP. We, we need to know. Wow, that's I crazy. I also laugh because my sister just said she knew the whole time. I'm dead. We didn't know. <laughs> Maybe everybody well, else, but I was. They did such a good job of just making it a competitive competitive environment and like never really making sure you knew where you were. You know, and I think that's that's a good thing in a lot of ways because it makes everybody compete harder every day. Yeah, that's that's one thing that I've asked a lot of the coaches um, that have been on here and some of the players as well is like, how do you create that authentic stress in training sessions and in um, in game environment or not in game environments, but how do you create them in training sessions to replicate and and have that stress resonate with you once you step on the field? And you know, off that point, what are some sessions that you really love? I think you know we talk about you being kind of a, a self critic and obviously at that next level, um, from what I've heard from many professional goalkeepers is that you and the goalkeeper coach have a certain relationship where you guys you almost tell them exactly what you want because you need to have certain things to, to be ready for the weekend so you know, even at a young age but now especially now with sky blue what are some things that you you love about goalkeeper training yeah i think the competitiveness is one of the biggest ones like we're in such a great group of goalkeepers where it's just like every day we're pushing whether it's with sky blue or with canada like it's both groups are just phenomenal at like being able to understand what we need from each other and and know that if we push each other it's only going to make us better um, some of my favorite ones are definitely like 1v1 day because those get incredibly competitive going <laughs> up against each other. Nobody ever takes it easy. So that's the best part. It's like, how can I be the best striker today? <laughs> um, which is which is the best way to train, honestly. I think those are, those are some of the most fun days. And I think closer to game day, you get more into like technical technical and just com comfortable training sessions, which really get you comfortable or sorry, get you a little bit more, you know, confident for games. Mm -hmm. And I think you also, I like crossing days. I think that they get a little competitive as well. <laughs> anything that's competitive, I'm like, let's go. <laughs> yeah, but even, you know, anything with competitiveness and anything within a group, there's always got to be a mutual respect from everybody, right? Like, like for sure, you want to be a striker. You want to be somebody who comes into a session and, and wants to, I want to push Kaylin and I want to make sure that I, I make her better so that I'm forced to also be better as well. But, you know, at a, you know, that's, that's you now at, at 25, correct? So like you're stepping in, Almost 25, excuse me. Um, but you're, yes, yeah, so you're, you know, at 25 now, but we're going to go backtrack to uh, Azerbaijan and um, the uh, 2012 U17 World Cup. You're stepping in again with these new girls and new teammates where you don't necessarily have that level of camaraderie yet or that chemistry yet with the goalkeeping unit because you guys don't, you spend a week together and I'm sure that week is grueling because it's maybe double days and meetings and all that stuff. But, you know, you now you're getting into the si situation where the, the coach emails you not a call, emails you, you, <laughs> you guys, you guys, you guys fly out. And then when the coach gives you the nod and says, Kaylin, you're going to be our starter. Like, what was that? How was that response from the group? And, and did you have that like respect built up in the group? where like, Hey, no matter which one of us starts, we're going to respect the decision. Yeah. I think especially at a young age, it was a little bit tougher to have that automatic camaraderie between the goalkeepers. I think that's kind of built up. And unfortunately when you're in camp environment, you only go in for like 10 days at a time and it's kind of hard when you're just competing all the time. Um, but I think we kind of all had the understanding that nobody really knew what was going to be said and the coach had the final decision. And, you know, no matter what, I think I was really lucky again, like 
the girls who I were I was working with at the time they were phenomenal and like they had the best attitudes as well and I think that is that makes the biggest difference is like the attitude of the group and not having you know a big ego or being really upset and not necessarily upset you can be upset with the coach's decision like I would be upset too if I didn't get called in like that's tough but then it's automatically switching gears to what is the best decision for this team and it's a team sport and at the end of the day whoever's out there is the best for the team and that's what the coaches decided and um we were so lucky to have such a good group and I'm just I've honestly been blessed most of my life to have really good groups of goalkeepers where we push each other and you know I respect whoever gets put in net and they respect if I get put in net and that's just the best way to go about it amen so but no so you land in Azerbaijan and and from my notes that I have here your first game is against Nigeria and I don't know if you remember, but I 31... remember like it was yesterday. I don't know so, why that one sticks out the most. Take me through it. Take me through it. I mean, it's your first, I mean, major tournament with a, with a youth national team. And tell me, yeah, what was that like in hearing Canada, the Canadian national anthem prior to the game? I mean, it was, it was massive. We actually ended up being like the first team to play in the tournament and Azerbaijan was coming right after us. So it was like the home stadium and it was phenomenal. It was just full. And we had no idea why really, but we were like, let's go. <laughs> You know, walking in the tunnel with the Nigerian team, it was definitely a lot of anxiety because you're like, this is the real deal now. Like, this is what we've been working towards. It's about to start. And I'm starting to get a little bit nervous. But at the end of the day, when you step on that field, I think you kind of get distracted from the nerves a little bit just from what's going on in front of you. So I was lucky enough that that happened to me. Um, <laughs> but they were such a strong team. They were so – like, I remember them just whipping by our team and just, you know, beating us at every 1v1 race. And I think at halftime we went in and we're like, how are we going to deal with pace? Because this is what's killing us. And we just had to move the ball so much better and so much more efficiently. And we ended up coming out pretty well. And then I remember the after the game was the opening ceremonies of the World Cup. And it was like J-Lo. And it was the coolest thing. But we weren't allowed to leave the locker room. So you had uh. like 20 girls surrounding this like two-foot window that we had in the locker room watching this performance in this 30,000, like there was like there was so many people watching J-Lo and we were behind her, like this is phenomenal. But we had just played a game and forgot completely about the game. <laughs> Jeez. Well, I mean, I, I know you're talking about like those nerves and, and the, the excitement of the game completely kind of shifted your mindset away from like, oh my God, this is, just, this is like a huge moment in my career. So any, any, any advice for those young goalkeepers who may be stepping into an international environment or maybe just stepping into a big game where Again, this is to me, in my opinion, Kaylin, that's kind of like that make or break period because I know a lot of coaches and a lot of people nowadays, which is unfortunate, they make the decision so prematurely. Like I read, I read uh, yesterday, uh, Sir Alex Ferguson gave up on Gerard Piquet because he had one bad game against Bolton and he realized, oh, you know what? He may not have the, the uh, you know, the, you know, I can't even say the right word because I can't say it on camera, but he doesn't have, you know, the stuff. He doesn't have the stuff. He doesn't have the stuff, and they they dropped it, and we all know what what happened with uh, PK's you know career. So for you, you're stepping in there, and I'm sure you know without you knowing, it could have been a break, make or break moment. But I'm sure you had a you know great game. So for those kids who are stepping into those moments, any advice? Yeah, I think definitely the biggest one is just enjoy the moment and try and stay super present because it's so easy to get wrapped up in a result or in a just one mistake that you make or something that might not even have happened yet, something that you kind of conjure up in your mind. I think that's super easy. And I think that's probably something that I definitely did growing up. And I wish that I was a little bit more present in what I was doing and just, you know, enjoying it a little bit more because things go by so quickly. And honestly, I think a lot of times now coaches are smart and they don't necessarily just rely on one bad mistake. You know, I, from one of my second or third caps, I kicked the ball to the back of the net, like 
for the full team. It was the, oh. probably the worst moment in my career. And I've finally just become comfortable talking about it, obviously. But I was lucky enough to be called in again and again and again. Now I'm still on the team. And I think it's kind of how you bounce back from that moment. So definitely once you kind of make one of those big, if in your mind, career changing mistakes, it's not, okay, now I hang my head and I'm the worst player in the world. But how can I really come back from this opportunity? This is an opportunity for me to come back and really show what I'm really made of and what I've worked towards my whole career. And just don't get stuck on it. I've definitely gotten stuck on so many things and especially just performance-based. It's always getting your head about performance. And I think it's a really hard mental skill and it's just something that we all need to work on and, and continue to build. It's just as much as you need to work on your handling and your footwork, you got to work on that mental skill of just being able to overcome any kind of adversity and even the ones that you make up in your head. <laughs> For sure. And I think it goes back to you being like a self-critic, but also too, there's got to be a fine line between where you critique yourself, but critique yourself to almost to a point where there's no coming back. So I'm, I'm glad that that's, uh, I, I want to, we'll, we'll get to experiences later, but I, I want to keep going on this. I mean, this experience and, and, you know, after, you know, I, I think you guys make it to the quarterfinal, you guys, is it to North Korea? I think it was. Yeah, I think we lose to North Korea in the quarterfinal, unfortunately. <laughs> mm. But so you leave that you leave that tournament again, you know, and obviously we I, I didn't know that there was the opening ceremony after, but thirty one thousand fans, no matter what the circumstances are, it's pretty sick. Um you so you play in front of that many fans, you the the rest of the tournament's in front of like ten thousand fans plus. For you, what was that tournament like for you and did it kickstart like, oh, you know what? This is something that I could really continue moving forward with. Yeah, it definitely kind of created this mentality of this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Like this, I can't see myself doing anything else. I, I love being in that stadium, being on the field, just performing and having a great time. And I think that's one of the best moments for me to look back and enjoy the, the situation of like a tournament and a competitive environment and being able to travel. And I was so lucky to be on that team and be able to see part of the world I never would have saw. And I think that kind of kick-started the I want to go and post-college I already had the college mindset but post-college this is what I'm going to do with the with my life and I want to be the best that I can be at this position got it so building off that so you're around I think 17 years old at that time and we all know that's 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 the time where you know obviously college if you're planning to go to college that's kind of where you start reaching out to schools and um, you start trying to get into uh, you know camps and, and things like that with, with in front of coaches so you have obviously this boost to your resume now. I think a lot of people would love to have. I, I, I wish I had it, but uh, I'll just stick to, to, you know, Galaxy Academy, whatever. And so there's no surprise there that I'm sure a bunch of offers were rolling in. You know, of all the schools, you chose Clemson, which, I mean, nowadays we, we see them with their football team. We see them with the men's team and the women's program, how well they've done uh, uh, on the field. So for you, what was that decision like and why did uh, you choose Clemson? Clemson really kind of found me and I was lucky that they did. I was in a tournament in New Jersey and I had kind of reached out to a bunch of schools and started doing the process on my own and just going down what I want to study and what schools I really want to go to. Um, but they kind of found me at a tournament and I actually originally thought they were in New York. So, cause I had never heard of Clemson. <laughs> so I really was like, Oh, let's call this coach. Like, great. New York's not that far. So I call him and the first thing he says is, yeah, it's hot down here in South Carolina. And I just froze on the phone. I was <laughs> not expecting to hear that. But just talking to them and, and really researching the, the conference they're in and in the ACC, I think I really quickly was like, this is a conference I want to be in. It's one of the most competitive conferences in the, in the country, and it breeds some of the best players. And um, Clemson, unfortunately, wasn't a very strong team at the time, but the coaches 
with Eddie and Siri and Jeff there, they had created this mentality for the group of players that they had already signed coming in that we were going to turn this program around. They had just gotten there, and this was the time to turn something that hadn't really done much in a very long time. I think they had literally won one game, one ACC game in four years. Wow. And if we had really bought in and, and believed in what they had, then we could be the ones to turn this around. And I think that was one of the big moments for me was like, they believe that we can do this to this program, this group of people, and I'm in this group, can turn this program around. And I, when I went to the school, I absolutely fell in love with the campus. It's gorgeous. And Siri being the goalkeeper coach there, she was, um, Siri Mullenix was on the women's national team, the U.S. women's national team. And she was one of the re main reasons I wanted to go there because I knew that that would be the best place for me to develop. And I still had this after college, I'm going straight to the pros and this is my goal. And she can, I know that she can help me become the best that I can be. And so that was, that was the easy decision for me. Yeah, no, I think that's a, it's a really good point that you just made there about there's sometimes you may need to go to a school that obviously it's a good conference, but with the record that they had and with your ambitions and, and certain things that you had, you know, planned for yourself after college, it's kind of difficult for, for anybody who could say, Oh, Kaylin, that's probably not the best decision. Right. I'm sure there was probably some, probably yeah. some people oh, that said many, <laughs> yeah, but no, I'm sure. And I'm sure that was tough, but at the, at the same time too, you, you saw, which I think a lot of kids don't is that there is a pathway because there's a goalkeeper coach who has that experience and someone who can really help propel me to that next level. At the same time too, I also want to be a big fish in a small pond and really make it make a an impact in in the conference which you did. And I think that is something that a lot of kids need to really understand. If you guys are listening to this uh, whether it's a podcast when I release it later or on this live now is understanding being self-aware and understanding what the goals are. Don't just, you know, try and wear a UCLA tracksuit or a North Carolina tracksuit just because it's, it's cool. It's not that. It's about your development. It's about, okay, what are your aspirations after? And does this position that I'm putting myself in help me to get to that next level? So that's pretty awesome of you. And it seems like you were very mature at a young age. And I'm sure you had a really good support system around you to, to, help, you to help guide you to that point. Yeah, um, I, mean, I had a yeah. huge support system. And I think one of the biggest ones was just my parents kind of not convincing me, but really helping me understand that in order, if I really had this goal of being the best, playing with them is not really the best way to do it, but playing against them is kind of the best so for me going into Clemson working with an amazing goalkeeper coach and going against maybe who was considered the best was going to be my direct pathway to where I want to go amen I, that's that's very refreshing point which I think I, hopefully a lot of people take away, take something away from that um so Kaylee you know after you go to a world cup and and I keep saying the world cup because I mean those you can't you can't take those words very lightly there it's definitely an impactful uh experience whether as a player, a coach, which I'm, I'm hoping one day as a coach I can do that. So I'm, I'm just praying that that's in the, in, the, in the works. I hope so, yes. But, you know, most people would probably have that, like, pep in their step, right? You know, you're kind of – you're stepping into the college campus, like walking around campus with your, with your backpack. Everyone's kind of looking at you, and you're probably like, you have no idea that I was in Azerbaijan a year ago. You have no, you have no clue, guys. But um, what was your mindset like going into your freshman year? Were you – uh, coming in, okay, it's a fresh start, or were you coming in like, okay, I'm going to be the difference maker? No, I definitely kind of created a fresh start, and I I think that the best thing that Clemson ever did to me was tell me that I was going to compete for the spot. There was already two goalkeepers in there, and I was coming in with one, and they definitely told me that I could compete for the spot and that, you know, I was strong enough to really put my name out there, and if I wanted it, I could make it happen, but 
the best thing that they ever did was tell me that I'd have to compete for it and really push. And I think that's what really gave me that little bit of an edge was that I wasn't going in expecting anything. And I wasn't kind of riding off of what I had already done, but something that I'd have to continuously do. And I think that was probably the best way that I could have gone in and really made my impact there was just making sure that every day was competitive and nothing was ever assured. Mm. So they kind of set that foundation from an early point of like, this is something you're going to, you're going to have to continuously work for every single year, not just come in just because you have a name. Obviously your name is being, is slowly progressing to, Oh, Kaylin Sheridan, this is a must watch in the ACC. You got to go watch her. So yeah. So what, what was that biggest, uh, I guess a learning curve um, stepping in from now, you know, youth national teams in from Canada, new, new country, new state, South Carolina may not be ideal for most people in the summer. So what was that? Uh, what was the biggest learning curve for you? Um, I think just jumping from definitely had a little experience with I was lucky enough to be with the international game. And so the speed was was a good jump for me. But I think it still is a huge jump because you're playing with a group, an age group of players, not players that are your age. So you're playing with an age group of four plus four minus actually. But that speed of the game really changes from one level to the next. And even from college to pro, it, it's another huge step up because now you're playing with an even bigger age group of more experience and more training. And I think that's that. So it's that speed of the game, but it's also that extra training that everybody's doing now because they're consistently together. They're consistently training at the same level and pushing each other. So I think that's, it's a learning curve, but I think it's a really good one that everybody really should have to go through um, because it ultimately makes you a better player. Got you. And, and we talked about, you know, when you're stepping in with the Canadian youth national team, how you have almost a back four and maybe back six, mainly the whole team was brand new to you. You didn't really know their names. You didn't really know their personalities, what made them tick. Um, so now again, I'm sure you've had experiences with that, not knowing the players and you had to kind of find a way to communicate with them in the best way possible to make it efficient. But then you step into Clemson where you have, you said, players who were seniors who were 21, 22, about to step into the business world or step into the next part of their life. How was your approach with communication and I guess commanding that respect from your uh, your teammates? I think honestly, my approach was not necessarily something I thought about. I kind of took what I had been learning in the in the games prior, like with the international stage and even just with my club teams of just coming in and you know owning it just come in and, and act like you deserve to be there and like this is what you know how to do and, and people will follow and I kind of think that that worked out the best for me is just if I came in and I was vocal people would kind of respect that and, and it, they would think I really knew what I was doing and I I did I did to a degree know what I was doing but I was definitely still learning so I think they respected the fact that I was trying to help them become better and and really understood that I could see the game a different view from them and I had a really great group of players in front of me like you said they were at different age groups and different points in their life but they they took what I had to say and we created a really good um, camaraderie and just understanding of what I was doing was really trying to help them be in the best situation in the game and um, like I said I don't think there was a plan coming in I think I just came in and started yelling at people <laughs> um, which it can be dangerous but it actually worked out really well for me and I think people actually really respected that they respected that I felt like I knew what I was doing and I sounded really confident and they completely took that and started running with it. And they, you know, continued to ask for it. They were like, I need you to talk more. And I was like, Oh, sh okay. You got it. You got it. You know, when I was so quiet, they were like, this is weird. <laughs> so they almost, it almost played into your strengths. It did. Yeah. I think I was lucky. And then we kind of were able to build more relationships through that just be open about okay this is what I need from you and this is what I'm going to give to you if you don't like it this way which way do you like it got you 
So how was that first year like? And and you see, how'd you guys do? I'm so you guys, uh, you said one ACC win in four years or how many years it was prior to you getting there. So what was that first year like? We we definitely had more wins in that first season than in the past four years. <laughs> but we actually just missed the ACC championship tournament and we just missed the NCAAs by like, it was one point in the ACCs and like, well, I don't know, not many points in the NCAAs. Um, but it was, it was a trajectory we were on and it was a path and we, we kind of, after that, it was, it sucked, definitely not doing what we kind of wanted to do, but we kind of all realized that this wasn't going to happen overnight. And we had just taken a team that had done not much for a couple of years and we had just brought it up. We we're mid pack now. We're not at the bottom anymore. And we, we kind of came to a realization that we all were going to stay all summer we for the next three years and we were going to train and we weren't going to take this as just, okay, this is good enough. Next mm. year we're in these tournaments. And then, you know, maybe that's not where we want to be. We want to be higher than that in the next year. And I think that really showed in our trajectory over the four years, because eventually we did get that ACC championship and we kind of worked our way up. Um, it, did, it did not happen overnight at any circumstance. Um, it was a lot of hard work. I mean, Clemson was like 135th or something in the country. And Whoa. when we left, I think we were uh, under 10. Jeez. Well, it's a process. And I think, again, it's, it's that buy-in from the players. And then when you, but you bring the, the new class in and they're freshmen, you kind of have to teach them the ropes and understand that there's a, there is a process and there is a trajectory if we just stick to uh, what we're good at and, and bring the best out of ourselves on a daily basis. And, again, it's that buy-in from the players and that accountability that the coaches almost put on you guys to, to step up and, and kind of take the reins and make sure that you guys are responsible for your own experiences, which obviously you got to that fourth year. You guys are you know top ten in the country, which it seems like the process was successful um but for you but but um you know you're going in now where after your freshman year the 2014 the u20 world cup is now on the horizon and i kind of want to like create that bridge of you're in, in your freshman season have the u17 world cup kind of in your back pocket a little bit now you step into clemson you have your experiences of now you're a starter as a freshman the coaching staff is almost like, hey, you're going to have to fight for your spot. You win the spot. So you have a lot of confidence going into uh, the next camp for the U-20s. What experiences did you take going into that U-20 camp? Um, I think a lot from the U-17 of just the way that the camps work and just having that kind of experience of really what day-to-day -day is like because it's very different from, from the college environment or from being at home and training. Um, so that definitely I took with me and was able to kind of make my experience a little bit better this time and just – kind of know the ropes and know the roles of how everything worked but the competitiveness from from college from Clemson and the ACC I definitely took that with me into the U20 because it was a huge step up from 17 massive I think the speed of the game not not nearly close and just people are grown up like we are they're full-blown women in that time and you're competing against people who are not necessarily just on the U20 but probably also on their full team on their full women's mm -hmm. team Canada also had a few, so we were lucky enough to, to be able to use those those girls' experience and uh, have some, you know, fire horses on our team. <laughs> but you, you're thinking about you're playing all these crazy teams who have their some of their full teams on your their U20 team, and um, I think that was a really big experience for us and challenge, and I think we were really up to it, and it didn't go perfectly by any means. We did not do well in our first two games, and we had to really fight back, and we were able to do that, but I think one of the most exciting memories I have is that it was in our home country, in our hometown and playing in Toronto was one of the best experiences I've ever had. And I continuously have. Yeah. I, it kind of took where I was, I wanted to go with that is like, I, Azerbaijan is cool, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's a cool country, but 
I mean, Canada, you're playing in your home, your home, uh, your home country. And I'm sure again, it invokes certain amount of emotions and your family may be in the, in the crowd and, and all that. So again, I kind of wanted to backtrack before we got to the, to the world cup and, and talk about how there's always those added little, little added pressures, little moments that you, I mean, for example, for me, if it was like, okay, Omar, the, the World Cup for the U20s is going to be in Lebanon. I'm probably going to be like, that'd be so sick. My family in Lebanon can come watch me. That'd be dope. But like, I'm going to put even that much more pressure on myself to get onto this roster because I want to make sure that I don't miss out on this opportunity. So for you, again, you're playing in your home country for that U20 World Cup. Was there any added pressure for yourself and more incentive for you to be like, you know what, I'm going to have to just go zero dark 30 for these next, this next year and just go hardcore so I make this roster? Definitely. I mean, as soon as we found out it was in Canada and the first couple games we were going to get to be in Toronto, which is which is my technically home stadium, it put that little bit of extra pressure. And, you know, I definitely didn't want to miss out on this opportunity. And it was something that I had full sight set on. I was completely focused that this was going to be what I was able to achieve right now. And luckily, I did get that opportunity to be become the starter and to make all the camps. And by no means was it an easy road, though. I think every road that you take, whether you're going for a team when you're 10 or you're going for a team when you're 20, like it's an incredibly difficult road. And in your mind, it's the end all be all. And this is it. Yeah. And I think for that current point in time, it, it's important that it is because it makes you push that much harder. Absolutely. And you, and you talk about those kind of that, the, the moments where the first two games didn't go as, as planned, you know, you guys play against Ghana and you guys lose one zero, but again, it's, it's, in front of almost the family of just friends and everybody on your team probably has somebody in the crowd that's that's cheering for them. So when you hear, you know, oh Canada, when you hear, you know, through the warm up, I'm sure the crowd is rallying you guys up and um, getting you guys all ready for the game. Kind of how did you keep your mindset away from the outer noise and really focus in on the moment and the and the uh, situation at hand? Yeah, I think it was very difficult because, like you said, like emotions are are roaring. Um, you're in your home country, all your all your family and friends are there. You know they're there. You know exactly where they're sitting. Um, <laughs> but I think when we got into the stadium, it was just the same thing as in the 17s. You just you get caught up in the game and you get really um, – it's a good kind of pressure. It is. It's a really good kind of pressure, and you allow it to kind of take over and, and just make sure that you're really focused on what's going on in front of you again and being present. I think that's one of the most important things when you're going into such a big high-pressure situation is just staying present. And it's not easy, again. I definitely went through some ebbs and flows through that U20 and U17 World Cup, and I continuously do. And I think it's one of those things that you work on that mental strength of just being able to check back in and refocus and make sure that you what you're doing right now is the most important thing in your mind. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, you guys, you know, go to the quarterfinal, unfortunately, another exit to uh, to Germany this time. And, it, it, you know, it is what it is. But again, you're you're building such a great resume. And I think the resume is one thing, but I think the experiences that you're getting from all of this are, are incredibly important because, you know, you're stepping in the U U17s, then the U20s. And then now, again, I, I can't imagine the confidence you walked around with after the U17 World Cup. Now the U20 World Cup in Canada, and now you're back on Clemson, you know, back on campus where everyone's kind of just like, okay, cool, like, whatever we have a football team like we you know what i mean like it's not that big of it's not that big of a deal for us but now again keep i keep kind of coming back to this point because maybe it's more of like an inner demon of my own of like if i get a little bit of confidence from playing for the national team when i step on campus and i've seen this from my teammates in the past where they got called into one national team camp and their confidence is almost turning into arrogance and their arrogance is pushing people on the team away, which again goes away from the, the unified message that the coach wants. So how are you able to kind of keep all of that 
experience, bottle it up, bottle it up, but not allow yourself to get this uh, aura about you that was arrogant? I think it's just checking back into what that team mentality is and what the goal is for that team. I think each time you go to a different team, there's there's a goal of mine and there's a different way that you're going to get there. And I was lucky that the coaches, you know, brought me in and were just like, okay, now you're reset on this goal. Like, great job. We're so proud of you. But now you're back in here and this is the way this is the way that things are going to go. And as soon as, you know, I came back in, we switched that mentality. And I don't think I took that confidence and put it any I put it away in any way. I think, you know, it's it's important to keep that and really keep pushing that forward. But I think my way of doing that was to just, you know, keep challenging the people around me and try and make them better and really hold them to a standard that I knew they were capable of. And that was the best way for us to really get to that next level as the Clemson team and not really think, okay, this is my Canadian team, this is my Clemson team. And the worst thing that you can do is kind of mesh those two together because the talents that you have are so different. Um, And the talents that we had were so different on those teams. And not to say one was more talented than the other in any way, they were just very different. And we had to sit down and just kind of, come up with a better way to channel that you know I was so headstrong into soccer now I'm so like this is it I come out of that and I'm on a high and you don't want to get rid of that but you want to channel it in a really good way absolutely yeah I think again you you finish up your U20 cycle you go to uh, back to Clemson for three more years now and you know if team MVPs, ACC first teams, you know, a lot of incredible uh, accolades. But one thing that I, I do want to credit you for is, you know, you're on the Dean's list as well at some points. And the fact that you are able to, I think a lot of kids as well forget about this, is that you can go to a Division One school, but also too, you got you to manage your academics as well. What kind of habits did you have to pick up? I mean, I was by all means, not the best student. So I don't want everybody <laughs> to just think that you're on the list every year. I... I definitely wasn't that player. And if you asked my coaches from Clemson, they would have said that she majored in soccer. Like I was just, <laughs> school came second to me, but I had to learn quickly that it didn't. And I, de- I remember going in and honestly, absolutely failing, bombing my first biology exam. And I was like, dad, I'm going to get kicked out. I don't know what happened, <laughs> but I don't know. But I think it was, it was good for me to have that learning curve and try and figure out, okay, I can't, I have to keep them at par. Soccer and school have to be just as important Um, And I think Clemson has like an incredible academic program there to support their athletes. And I'm so lucky that I had them because they they made me really buckle down and and do the work that I needed to do. So I heavily reached out and relied on them and made sure that I was doing what I needed to do so that I could not only be eligible, but make Dean's List if if it was possible. And um, I even relied on some coaches. My goalkeeper coach here would check in on me and just be like, hey, so how is it going? Be honest. You know, like if it's not good, we'll figure it out. But you got to be honest with me. And that I think was a really important thing for me to do is just bring them into that and allow them to help me and, you know, really allow other people to help you because sometimes it's embarrassing when you fail your first biology exam. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not good, but, you know, people do want to help you and and you just got to find those people and really use them to the best of your ability because that's what they're there for. Yeah, it seems like you kind of have this idea of channeling all of your strengths, whether it's on the field, off the field, and making sure that you channel all of it to the right energy. And then once you have that energy, you kind of have a, a better pathway to to find success. So it sounds like on the field, off the field, you definitely had a, an, an idea of, of what you needed to do. And that comes from the awareness and also to asking for help, which is huge. But again, uh, you know, so uh, we only have about 10 more minutes. And I know you have a team meeting. So I kind of want to get into uh, going into your senior year at Clemson. You also get called in as an alternate to the Olympics in Rio so um that was again, a phone I, call. <laughs> okay good I'm glad they finally got the technology to, to up the uh 
That one was a phone call. That was the best phone call of my life so far. <laughs> I, f- I feel that. I'm sure. I'm sure. Like it's it's what is crazy to me, Kaylin, is I think a lot of times whether it's on the field, off the field, but in life, you are you kind of hit a ceiling at a certain level, and then to get to the next to the next level, you have to have the ground floor kind of be your base point. So obviously. U17 World Cup, U20 World Cup, Clemson number one. You're changing the trajectory of the, I guess, the, the team and the environment and the culture at Clemson. And now you're getting called in as an alternate. So, again, I know the competitor in you. I'm sure, was it just you were excited to be an alternate? You're going to Rio? Or were you also just like, hey, I'm cool with being an alternate, but I also, like, I need to know I have a fair shot to, uh, to play? Yeah, I think, well, for me, I was called into a camp earlier that year and it was my first ever. And then just building up into random camps and unfortunately other players had gotten injured and that was the way that I was brought in and so I sometimes you just get a lucky opportunity and I was called in very sporadically up until the last camp and at the last camp you know somebody else had gotten a slight injury and it they just weren't sure and so I was brought in to just train just train just be there as a goalkeeper and help the team and I was like you're right I'm here to train and help whatever you need me to do I'm here to do it and um I think that was a really good mentality for me just to not bank on anything, just to come in and work and really show them what I'm made of and, and really prove that at some point I do deserve to be here. Maybe not now, but I do deserve to be here and I'm willing to help this team at all costs. And that was a really amazing opportunity for me because I didn't have any expectations. And at the end of that camp, they were like, you did an amazing job and we weren't planning on it, but we're bringing you as an alternate. And so at that point is when I really realized that Okay, now I'm pushing. Now I'm pushing. This is my end. This is how I'm getting in. And I think that was a really good thing for me is to just have those months where I got a little taste and to kind of create that that hunger, that drive to really be able to want it and know that I was capable of pushing for it. Because I think before that, I was kind of just, I'm getting lucky. Oh, I'm getting lucky. Like, Mm. take it as it comes. But now it was like, I think I deserve to be here. And I think that if I work hard enough, I can be here consistently. And so that tournament kind of created the hunger that I continuously build on today and just kind of have been pushing me for the past four years now. I, mean, I can even see your, your tone of voice change when you were like, oh, <laughs> no, but that's awesome. Uh, again, it, it comes back to that winner's mentality, right? Like you get a little bit of a taste of something and it's success and you realize, you know what? I'm just going to keep on striving for this success because I know how it tastes and I don't want to, I don't, I don't want anything else. I don't want any other, yeah, any other experience. This is what I want. This is, this is yeah. what I like. This is that's what I'm going to work my ass off for. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, again, it goes back to your point of of getting an opportunity and, you know, making making the most of it. And I think to anybody listening to young goalkeepers out there, understanding that when you get an opportunity, it shouldn't be taken for granted. Like you shouldn't just be happy to be there. It shouldn't just be like, oh, this is cool. Awesome. But it's more of like, okay, I want to be there and I'm going to show my worth, but also to have that presence of mind to know that if I try too hard and I I put too much, uh, I guess, emphasis on being great, then my natural instincts and my natural abilities won't come to the forefront and I'm going to be a shell of myself, which again, it seems like you, again, had that presence of mind, which I mean, I, I, there should be a, a book written about your your psyche. Like, I think you're very, you're very like level headed and you have a very, very good, good. I had to learn it and there was a lot of help. A lot of help. <laughs> this is not just me knowing all of this growing up. I had amazing support system through the coaches that I worked with and my parents. You know, they kept me at the same mentality and, and really reminded me that when I got frustrated that this is the mentality that I have and this is the mentality that's going to get me there. 
Hey Amen. Yeah. Again, it gets your, your support system, which, um, hopefully if any, any young parents or any parents out there are listening to this again, you <laughs> someone just wrote, please write a book. <clears throat> um, but, uh, but yeah, again, so I know we only have a few more minutes, so I kind of want to get to <clears throat> you finish, uh, at Rio. I'm sure again, if I have you on, we can talk about the, that experience a little bit deeper, but I, I real quick, give me like a 30 second snippet of, of what's the role of an alternate and, and kind of what was your mindset throughout the whole thing? Am I there to just enjoy? Am I there to no. support the team? Yeah, so what was the, what was the, what was the, yeah, what was the experience like? So you do everything that the team does pretty much, but <clears throat> you do extra. So you're doing more training just to stay ready at all times, but you can do harder training because you're, you didn't just play on Tuesday. You know, you can do harder training the next day. So you're doing all of the, the training with the team plus a little bit more. Um, and then anything that the goalkeepers who are, you know, game fit for don't want to do, you're in. And you're staying longer with the girls. You're doing extra. You're kind of making sure that everything is running smooth and, and just things that need to be done are being done. And that the team who is really out there making sure that, that a medal is in sight um, doesn't have any worries, you know. And I don't think that's spoken about. I think it's just something you understand. Um, as a team player, you know, I'm going to do whatever this team needs because I am a part of this team. And that was one of the best tournaments because I think the alternates that I was with, we had that really good mentality and we did whatever was necessary for the team. And at the end of it, when, when our team got the bronze medal, our captain brought us in, Sinky brought us in, and she said, you know, we see all the hard work that the three of you guys did. We see. Wow. And we want you to know that you deserve this medal. And within seconds, the entire team walked in with three medals for us. Oh, my God. And – obviously we all were like crying because that was our medal ceremony that was the time where we got you know and so i'm lucky enough to say that i have a bronze medal from rio and it was just an amazing moment to get somebody like sinky who is just such an incredible leader such an incredible player just an incredible person all around to tell you that what you did helped the team i almost cried there i almost teared up because i was like envisioning i was envisioning like you guys are you're kind of going into it all kind of blind in a sense you don't really know what the they were like, you don't really know what they meet us in the meeting room we're like oh god what do we do <laughs> that's awesome though and again it goes back to don't ever have any expectations just put your head down do what the job is requiring yeah what's what's required of you and then from there you're going to reap the benefits even if they didn't give you guys those medals you probably still would have been like that was a great experience because i left no stone unturned i wiped my hands clean i know exactly what i did and now i'm sure any other, any of those other two alternates still on the national team with you? Uh, one of them. One of them retired. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Okay. Gabby yeah, Carl is still on the national team. <laughs> we were the two. Shout out to Gabby. Yep. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. So, yeah, you get to, you go back after the Olympics. You have your bronze medal. Um, you go back to Clemson for your senior season. What were the uh, emotions going in there thinking, okay, you know, for example, most people will think it's my senior year. It's probably over after this, and I'm probably going to have to do whatever I can. There's a little bit of pressure there, but – I'm going to enjoy the moment because I don't know if I'm ever going to play like this again with my best friends or anything like that. So for you, obviously you had an idea that you probably were going to go pro, but what was your mindset going into that senior year? I mean, I think coming out of Rio, I kind of had that extra confidence again, and I kind of had to channel it a little bit more. And I think that one was a little bit harder than the U20 experience. And I actually came back and my coaches were like, you want to play, right? And I was like, no, yeah, of course. That's what we've been working towards. What do you mean? That's not a question. <laughs> Um, they were like, no, listen, listen. So you have, you know, you need 18 hours worth of credits to graduate. You can do it in one semester. And I was like, so you're trying to get me out early. And they were like, yeah, <laughs> if you want to play next year and not worry about soccer, you're going to do it. And, you know, I'd only been planning to take whatever was required, which I think was only 15. So it was just one more course, one extra course, which would just make it a little bit heavier during season, um, which would suck. But 
you know, if I really sucked it up and rolled on my sleeves for just on the field and off the field, I would be done in, in December. And I could go into my professional career not being weighed down by school. And I definitely toggled with it in my mind a little bit. I was like, I don't want to do extra schoolwork <laughs> in my senior year. Like, this is me enjoying soccer. Like, this is it for, for college soccer. And um, I definitely talked to my parents. I talked to my coaches longer. And I was like, you guys are right. Like, I got to get it done. I don't, I don't want to be wait. I don't want to be doing this when I'm done. So I was able to finish in three and a half years and get all those courses done in the fall. But it definitely put a lot of, a lot more load on me in that season. But I came in so hot out of Rio soccer wise that I think I was just, you know, excited to, to get back and, and play a season and to compete. And this was going to be, you know, the strong year and we were going to do great. And I think, you know, we came out flying and I definitely had a, really big expectation of that team and I think that we met it in so many different ways and coming out of that season was so exciting because I knew that the next chapter was just starting and I kind of maybe didn't have the same just like nostalgia feeling at the end it definitely sucked because that four years was done and it was a sad moment and I got to be with my team and enjoy that last couple games but I knew that I wasn't done I was you know something else was just starting and that was kind of more ex exciting for me I was like now I'm looking forward to something else yeah and how'd you guys do that last year did you guys have that trajectory you guys wanted um I I think our junior year was definitely better but we we still did well we I think we tied for maybe first or second in the ACC league and then we went into the tournament and we lost um, but we made it to maybe the round of 16 in the, in the tournament, which is not mm. what we want to do. You want to go farther always, but you know, that's not terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and do you remember, I mean, you talked about earlier about your parents saying, if you want to make a real impact, you want to beat those teams. You don't want to join those teams. So you remember, I'm sure those moments when you played against UNC and she like, those were like the big, you, you crossed them off and you were like, this is, this is going to be the, the moment where I kind of. Yeah, for sure. I mean, UNC, FSU, like the big names that were in the ACC at the time, even Duke, like, Beating Duke on Duke's field was one of the most memorable moments for me, for sure. And that's when we got hand like that's when they were like, "You won the ACC that day," and we we're like, "Holy crap! We just picked oh. number one out of number one at home." And then that was, you know, that's a great feeling. And it's one of those ones where it's like we did what we set out to do. We really did. We came in and we said we're going to be the ones who kick. We come from the bottom. We kick the top out of the top. And that was that moment where we were able to do it. Great. And the, is the culture still pretty strong there? Yeah, we actually just had a Zoom call the other day with the alumni. Um, we're all real proud of what we did, but we were able to kind of put Clemson on the map and they're still crushing it. They're still competing very high and they're actually getting a new facility now because they've done wow. so well. And, you know, we, we were joking with the coaches that we want our faces plastered all over there. <laughs> <laughs> you guys deserve For some recognition. Reminder. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there is a reminder, uh, Caitlin, and you are on an NWSL team, Sky Blue. And, I mean, that's a reminder for all those girls who watch on the weekends. They get to watch you play on TV or they get to watch you in the World Cups, Olympics, all those things. So that's, that's, a, that's enough of a reminder, I think. You don't need to have a, a face plastered on the on this stuff. <laughs> but no, you're, so your senior year, uh, we're going to get to your career, the last few minutes here, your uh, professional career now. And you're selected 23rd overall by Sky Blue in the NWSL draft. So, I mean, it's kind of been a tumultuous few years. I know the team hasn't really done it as well as they would would have hoped to do but i know you guys have a new facility coming in right yeah we actually are working at, out of the red bulls new york red bulls facility so that's been massive for us unfortunately you know global pandemic had to get in our way but um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's tough but we we were so lucky to have a shift in our gm and she just took the reins on everything and created such an amazing environment for us that 
you know, coming in, I didn't really know what to expect, but obviously I learned that it wasn't at the level that it needed to be at. And over the past couple of years, we've made a massive shift. And I think what we're going to see is just a continuation of that. You know, things don't happen overnight, like I said already. Um, so we can't expect this whole thing to just turn over and this to be like the most amazing club in the world from what it was, but it's definitely on that trajectory. And we're really proud to see the changes that have been made in such a short period of time. Um, so we're just excited to keep seeing her, you know, I'm going to give her a little push here, but keep seeing her <laughs> pushing those boundaries for us. <laughs> I'm with it. And I think, um, again, great career thus far. I'm mean, still 24 years young, almost 25. So I think uh, you have so much ahead of you. And I'm, I'm just super excited to see where you take the game, where the game takes you. And I'm excited just to keep to keep yeah to keep watching you. And I know I definitely have uh, more of a reason to watch Sky Blue games now. Um, and hopefully everybody through hearing your story, through hearing your experiences, they they also have a little bit more of an incentive to uh, to watch you. But again, I, I wish you I wish you nothing but the best. And I'm going to leave you out here with with one last question. So Kaylin, bring everything full circle now. Academy system where you're almost training with the boys. They're they're pushing you to be almost as if you're not even a, a, a woman in the environment. It's like you're going to be one of us and you kind of had to create your presence and create your uh, almost your personality at that young of an age. And that leads you to the U-17 World Cup in Azerbaijan. Things don't go as, as planned in terms of the results, but the experiences are there. Then Clemson, where you play four years, change the culture. They're getting a new stadium because of you, just you, no one else. Um, and, <laughs> and then... Then you go to the U-20 World Cup in your home country, Canada. And then after Canada, or after that uh, experience, then you go to Rio in Brazil. And then, you know, all this stuff doesn't happen without some sacrifices. And JT's comment is, what is the biggest sacrifice you've made for the love of the game? So, Kaylin, you have the floor. Give us, that, give us what you got. That's a tough one, but I think what we all know is the biggest sacrifice is just your time from your family and time from people that you may not want to – you know, give up. And I think that's something that I've learned to kind of be okay with, but also make more time aside from that. I think even growing up, I remember having to leave my sister's birthday party at a young age to go because I got called into a provincial camp and I was like, I got to go. Like, this is my chance. And I wow. think these are one of those things that consistently you have to miss out on. I was lucky enough to go. We, my parents or my family has a cottage and I was lucky enough to go this past year, but I hadn't been in seven years because, you know, I was just always away and I'm always gone somewhere. I haven't really been able to live at home for a very long time. And I think that's a sacrifice that you make, but it's one that's, that's definitely worth it because this is, this is your dream. You know, this is what you want to do. And if you didn't want to, you wouldn't make that sacrifice. And um, I think that's something that is a tough one because, you know, you don't want to miss things with your family. You don't want to miss things with your friends. You don't want to be the one kid who's not there. The one, even as an adult, you don't want to be the one person who's not um, at these functions or just hanging out with your family. Um, yeah. But when it's your goal and it's your dream, it's definitely worth the sacrifice. And, you know, you learn to make more experiences and more memories out of what you're doing in the present and kind of find those little ways to make up for it. But it's definitely, it definitely takes a toll as you grow up and you, you kind of figure out a way to make it easier and you have to explain to your family why you're not there. It's tough, but it, it's definitely difficult. But it's, it's worth it if it's your dream. I mean, I couldn't have said it any better. 
Um, Kaylin, thank you so much for coming on. I know a lot of people are going to get a lot of uh, uh, just inspiration from your story and understanding that uh, in the next few years, you're going to write a book. So I think we're excited for, for, for that to come. But thank you so much. And I hope uh, the pandemic doesn't slow you guys down too much longer and you guys are at the facility. Same. And we'll get Me to watch too. on the weekend. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, make sure everybody checks out the NWSL. There's some amazing other goalkeepers in that league. Um, I've learned so much from them just being in the league for three years. Also, I'm sorry I have to run everybody. Um, I will put a little question box on my page on my story. If anybody has any questions that I wasn't able to get to, I apologize, but I'll try and get to them later. You're the best, Kaylin. Thank you so much. Go do your, go do your meeting. Say hi to everybody for us. And I okay. will. Take care. <laughs> have a good one. Have a good All one. Right, bye. Thank you, guys.